Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is the Point? We're in this series called Contagious Conversations, where we're just diving deep into the challenges that young adults we all know and love are facing during the coronavirus crisis. And today, we're going to have a lot to talk about because we have a very special guest for you. Her name is Cass. That's what we call her. She's a friend of mine, and she's a leader at the Point, and she's also one of the best hairstylist in the 417. You can find her at Studio 417 Salon for all of you that are going to need a haircut, especially (laughs) you women out there uh, in the coming weeks. But hey, Cass, how's it going? Hi, Bryce. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad that uh, we got you on here. It's a a privilege to have uh, the one and only Cass here. Oh my gosh. This is a bucket list moment for myself. Well, I love it. It's There's two bucket lists happening at the same time, two bucket list moments. <laughs> so I, I want to know, uh, this is a strange question, but uh, people are dying to know, I'm dying to know, what is the strangest craving you've had since this quarantine began? The strangest? I typically don't eat ice cream. And I have had Andy's probably three times. I know that's not strange for a lot of people, but uh, for me, I can go like a whole year without eating frozen custard. But during quarantine, it's just been something that I've been needing. You know what is so funny? I had Andy's last night. (laughs) So I totally get that. What do you get at Andy's? What's your favorite thing? I was going to ask you that. My go-to is a um, butter pecan, and then I add marshmallow fluff, and I add... um, roasted almonds and it's so good wow that's like a that's like a, a latte order you know like a fancy it's latte bougie, like yeah. bougie. <laughs> that's great i think i, I just what get, is your order yeah i just get the snow monster uh it, i think it has like fudge and peanut butter and uh vanilla you know uh custard so it's pretty simple but i i'm a sucker for anything chocolate and peanut butter okay yeah see i i steer the other way i'm always kind of a vanilla girl with just like a little something and a little, a little nutty in there, uh, a little nut flavored. Yeah, sure. I love it. Well, I'm not to try that one next time. <laughs> you should. Uh, I go. So you've been. You said you've been three times since this all happened, which is like typically if this, uh, if we weren't in quarantine, you wouldn't have gone at all. No, and honestly, it started. Uh, it well, it started because my boss sent me some gift cards in the mail of like her favorite local businesses, and she sent me an Andy's gift card, and that's when it all went downhill. It was a fifty dollar gift card, right? Hundred dollars. <laughs> 150. What was it? (laughs) You could literally, I could use a hundred dollars at Andy's for the rest of my life. Um, it was $10. So it really only got me like, Oh, dang. You had to do the third one on your own. (laughs) Well, if anyone after listening to the podcast wants to take uh, Cass out for a treat, Andy's is the place to go and she would love to, uh, to go with you. (laughs) But I know we got to talk a little bit, um, earlier this week and it was just really good catching up and hearing, uh, what's been going on in your world? I know um, there's some things that you've been walking through. And so I would love for you to kind of just open that up and tell us maybe first for those who don't know who the uh, 
the famous cast is, a little backstory of who you are, and then just what's going on in your world. Yeah. Um, so I have been attending North Point for about a year and a half. Um, a typical season for me, I'm a hairdresser, I go to church, and that's pretty much my thing. I hang out with friends, but that's like my biggest things that I'm involved in. So I've been going to North Point for about a year and a half. And through going, I think it took me about three months before I decided I wanted to be on a serve team. And I actually started out on Sunday evenings, um, opening doors. And then that just kind of carried through. I started um, helping out with elementary. I I helped out with students uh, for about six months. And then I've also been helping out with the young adults for a little bit over six months. I guess during quarantine, I really realized how much I had put on my plate Because even in those different ministries, I was kind of, there was opportunities that were set up that I would take that just put more responsibilities um, on me. And so I was like, wow, I think I need to dial it back. And that's what I've really been walking through during um, quarantine. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. And I just want to uh, let people know that Cass is one of those leaders who, once you get wind of something, you are like all in and you have literally caught fire in the last year. Um, I know through these ministries that you've been involved in and at North Point and just in your faith and so many people look up to you because of the willingness for you to take opportunity and run with it, which I love. But you're also you know, saying, okay, at some point there's like only a certain level of what I can do. Like I can't do everything. And so I need to be a little bit more focused on where I can best serve. And so how did this time allow you to really refocus or reflect on that? Um, I would say this time is when I thought that I would have the most time because I haven't been working. And I thought, wow, I'm gonna have so much extra time to put in these different areas. And I just realized how much spreading myself so thin was taking away from my personal relationship with Christ and taking away from other things that I maybe felt more passionate about that I was like, man, I wish I could work on my Bible study group a little bit longer, but I have to hop on this Zoom or I need to send out a text to 10 people uh, for this other ministry. And that's something I think that I've been so busy since I was 16, just like working jobs, doing sports and in high school. And then when I got out of high school, I went straight to cosmetology school. I worked 35, 40 hours a week there working a couple different jobs. And it's just once I was done with that, I went straight into the workforce and I never took a second off. So in a way, this is the first time since I was 16 that I had a moment to assess how busy I was making myself and essentially just be like, this isn't what I want to continue to do. I want to be able to dive deep in a couple different things and I guess just produce more quality over quantity. Yeah. That one, that's a big, that's a big shift. What for you helped you realize that, or what was causing you to stay in the busy mode before this time where you've had to to reflect, like, was there a need to feel busy and to feel important? Or was it just to be involved as many things as possible? What was driving that busyness? You know, I feel like initially, whenever I was younger, it was to kind of feel important and to be like, oh, wow, I, I can achieve these things and I can work really hard and be successful. But then also whenever I started going to church, I was like, I just want to be 
at North Point all the time. And I always want to be in this presence and I want to be around these people 24 seven. And whenever opportunities would come up, like working with kids, I was like, I see a lot of growth in that. And that sounds like something I would really enjoy doing. So I would I'd work all day Saturday, so I couldn't go to that service. And then I would um, attend the first service on Sunday straight from there. I would do second service. I would serve students um, or I would serve elementary, which might sound like the same thing, but it's a difference in like fourth and fifth grade and then like middle school and high school. And then before church, I would pick up a family and bring them and then take them back afterwards. And it was just something that I didn't know that I felt like I needed to be busy, but also opportunities just kept coming up that I was like, I just want to be a part of that. It wasn't so much like I want everyone to think that I can do everything, but it was more like, I just want to be able to do everything. Yeah. You you just had a desire to um, be around the people in that community and to learn and to lead, which is so awesome. And I, you know, I think so many young adults, including myself, we can get caught up in, oh, I've just got to stay busy, 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 because it makes me feel important because what I do determines who I am. And you can get caught up in that. And that is so far from the truth. Um, and when we get caught up in that uh, mentality, then we feel like we have to do more and more and more and more and be involved more and more and more and more to feel any self-worth. And really what that leads to is burnout. And um, for me, it was like a coming to Jesus moment of being brought on my knees and saying, okay, the, something's got to change. And so like, I think pride can kind of take over where we feel like it may, if we're not involved or if we're not leading or if we're not doing something, then, then uh, we're not, you know. Uh, adding value or we don't have any value. And God tells us a completely different story that like we are like who we are is enough and and we're not defined by what we do. So I just think that brings out such a good um, takeaway for young adults that are listening. I want to hear just during this season for you, like what's been your biggest area for growth uh, that you've seen? Yeah. um, I have wanted to really grow my spiritual connection with the Lord. I've really wanted to grow my prayer life. I thoroughly enjoy reading scripture and reading different commentaries and listening to different podcasts over theology. And I love diving into that and figuring out exactly what the Bible says about who God is, who Jesus is. But then I noticed within the last few months that because I've spent so much time doing that, I've let my prayer life slip. And instead of going straight to the source of God and finding out who God is through our conversation, I've looked to the scripture, which is an incredible place to look, but I realized that it's not what I want my first connection with Christ to be. It sounds like what you're saying is you're almost prioritizing just seeking knowledge and information rather than just connecting with God. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny Because in both of these situations, whether that be like, oh, I'm going to start serving here and then I'm going to put another serve opportunity on my plate, go into it with pure intentions. And then whenever you open your Bible, because you're like, I want to know what the word says, you go into it with pure intentions. But sometimes it can end up prideful, even in the way of scripture, just being like, well, I want to know everything. So that way, whenever anyone has a question, I want to be able to answer it. Yeah, And I want to be able to be respected in conversation. Um, so that's kind of what I, I took a step back and was like, wow, I need to address that in my heart. That's really good. Uh, 
and so many people can relate to that uh, because exactly what you're saying is you can go into a quiet time with God or wanting to connect with God or learn more for the right reasons, but mm-hmm. then the, the wrong reasons can kind of creep up. And it's like, oh, if I just, if I just spend a little bit longer, or if I just read a little bit more, or if I just, you know, um, uh, dig a little bit deeper, then maybe I'll know more than the person next to me. And then, you know, when this comes up in conversation or someone, um, you know, is asking for wisdom in this area, I can be the person that they go to and they can think highly of me and they can think I'm the one that has all the answers. They can think I'm the one, Mm -hmm. um, who has it figured out. And, and that kind of can take us away from the whole purpose of like going and learning more about God to connect with God, not to make more people want to learn from us. (laughs) Right. And in my opinion, those, those conversations that come up and that person that is going to come to me and ask me for advice in a situation, if I don't have my source, my connection with Christ, he's never going to give me the answer that they need because I'm not calling on him for this. And I'm just going off of my own knowledge. And that was one thing that I was like, it's all a huge waste of time if it's not coming from God. Uh, how does, like, how do you see this play out uh, in your faith walk, and you may have just answered this, but are there any other ways that you see this kind of play out, or is it just mainly um, like your intentions behind going to your quiet time? I would say in my faith walk, addressing addressing my pridefulness and wanting to know more of Scripture for the wrong reasons, and pridefulness in overserving to compensate for something. I would say it's just made me really take a step back and reassess my priorities um, and also reassess what does it look like to follow Christ? Because it's not always just a ABC formula because initially whenever you start following Christ, because I, I started really pursuing a relationship with him whenever I was um, 19, I was about to be 20. And so I was like, what's the answer? I think whenever you follow Christ from a young age, you can be like, well, I kind of just fell into being a Christian. But whenever you come to it, whenever you're a little bit older, you're like, how do I do this? So for me, initially, I was like, well, you read your Bible, and you serve in church. And uh, you're nice to people. And those are the things. But if you're not, if you're just doing those things so that you can fall in a group versus doing those things so that you can actually pursue a relationship with Christ, then your relationship is never going to be all that it could be. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about that like journey for you. Like, did you ever have a moment where it kind of shifted and you're like, okay, I'm doing these things not for, I've been doing them for me and for my, you know, acknowledgement for people to know that I'm doing the right thing. And then it shifted of like, no, I, I, I'm no longer doing this for me. Like I'm doing it to know God, to connect with God and to let his light shine through me. Um, I would say the moment that I realized that it wasn't healthy, the amount that I was serving was about three weeks ago, I would say. So honestly, very recent, but it was whenever I was just feeling unhappy in one area that I was serving in, but I felt like I couldn't pull back because I had already invested. It was, um, it was with students. So high school students, and I've been serving them since last summer. And 
I had gotten to make all these connections and I had gotten to make relationships with them and relationships with other people serving and relationships with uh, the leadership. And all of those relationships were incredible and very pure and super life-giving. But at the end of the day, it wasn't any, it wasn't making me excited like some other areas that I got to serve in. And so I think whenever I realized I was doing it, so I wouldn't let people down, I was like, wow, I'm not doing this for God. Because I think that's something that God momentarily put on pause for me. Um, whether that be for me to grow more before I go back to it, or whether that's to put somebody else in the place that I was at, God was asking me to pull back. And I was like, God, I can't, cause I'm going to upset people. And, um, that is whenever I was like, wow, I really got, I have to um, talk this through with Christ. And honestly, that's when I realized I haven't been talking to Christ like I want to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Cause I think we can get in this mindset that, okay, well, for uh, uh, those of us that are serving and we are involved in different organizations, maybe it's not at church, maybe it's at work, maybe it's at a nonprofit, maybe it's just helping people in your free time. But like in your example, serving at church, we can think, oh, if I leave, I'm going to let everyone down. If I leave, they're going to think less of me. If I leave, they're not going to like me anymore. And really, when we know that that's not the opportunity we should be in or that God really wants us to be in, and not that God didn't bless that opportunity, but there might be something that you're more designed and your skills and talents aligned for. And really, by staying, it's kind of a mindset shift of like realizing we're not only doing the team a disservice by just trying to stay to stay, but we're also not letting other people who this might be the perfect opportunity for step up and lead. Absolutely. And I think a hundred percent that that is what God's going to do in the North Point students ministry is put someone who's so on fire for the responsibilities that I once had in there and it's going to rocket them. Well, that's great. I'm excited to to see who fills that that big hole. And I guess for people out there that um, are listening, that are maybe in a similar in a similar situation where they're involved in a lot of serve areas, how would you help them, or what would you tell them to help them focus on? Like, hey, this is what I use to filter through whether this opportunity or this opportunity is a better fit for me with my talents and my skill set, my time. Yeah. I would say, um, to those people who are, I know that whenever I was initially taking more opportunities and putting more things on my plate, that there were people around me who were cutting back. And I remember thinking that might work for them to cut back. But for me, I feel like when I'm serving, that's when I'm closest with God. And so the more I can serve, the more I can pursue that relationship with him. And whenever it came down to it, whenever I realized that that was unhealthy for me personally, I started thinking back to all those people and all those conversations that I had where I was like, yeah, that's not me. That's not me. And now I'm in the same exact place where I'm like, that's totally me. And I was doing too much for too long. But I think it totally grew me as a leader. I wouldn't say I, none of it was by accident. And I think it was all God's design. Um, but for me, whenever I was filtering things through, I thought about when I initially signed up for this, what did I want to get out of it? And have I, got, have I gotten that out of it? 
not that serving is all about you, but I think through milestones that you set up for yourself. And if you're like, I want to go into this ministry because I want to connect with this specific group of people. Have you connected with them? Are you still serving them? Is that still serving you? Because if I think, I think if any of those answers are no, then you're doing someone a disservice, whether that be you or the person that you're serving um, or God. So I just assessed, what do I feel most excited about? What is something that I can't wait to do? And for me, that is my Bible study with a group of about six young adult women where we choose different female biblical characters. And I'll do the reading for about a week and study podcasts and commentaries. And then I'll come up with three to five questions. And we just really explore what scripture says about women. And I was like, that is so exciting to me. And I want to be able to pour everything I have into that versus pouring a little bit into it and then a little bit into other things um, that just don't feel right anymore. Yeah, no, it sounds like that was definitely a, a journey that you like had to go on to realize like, oh, actually, my time's best sent, you know, 90, 95, 100% of my um, serving in one specific area that I really believe in. And that really excites me. And I think every, you know, serving opportunity should be a win-win, not only a win mm-hmm. for the people you're serving, but it should give something back to you and the sense of fulfillment or excitement or purpose. And it sounds like through going and, and being involved in different ministries, to a point you were able to decide and figure out, okay, this is really the lane that makes most sense for me. And now I'm going to go focus in that lane. I was going to say, I think too, whenever you do get to go into these different areas, um, I know that we can be very, go all in from day one, all in, give 110% in everything that you do. But a lot of the times you can have an opportunity that's put up that is that would be honoring to God. That's something that seems like it interests you. Um, and then you feel like you might be a great fit for it. But after two months, you might be like, this is not as great of a fit as I thought it would be. And it's not a bad thing to pull out of that. Even if you think of people who go to college, how often do people change their major? Because it's something that once interests them. Um, and that really was something they were passionate about. But at the end of the day, that isn't what they landed on. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, It's okay to try things out is what you're saying. And, you know, if you try something out that does, and and you get involved, that doesn't mean you have to be there for three years um, (laughs) for it to be of, uh, you know, or to, to make, you know, to save your face or to make, you know. Uh, to honor that commitment. Now, if there is a, if there is some sort of commitment going in, I mean, definitely honor that. But also, I think it's so easy to follow into the trap of like, okay, once I get involved in something, like I'm committing five years, and that's just not the case, and that shouldn't be the case because life is more dynamic than that, and there might be a better area you can serve in. Right. Absolutely. And this is something that I always feel because I never went into serving thinking. I want to be better than any other person. And whenever I saw opportunities to take, it was something that I was always very passionate about from the beginning. And then honestly, whenever people would ask me about it, it would make me uncomfortable. Like, oh, wow, Cass, you serve in three areas at once right now. That's so crazy. You're so great. And I was always like, let's not talk about it. I don't want to. 
And so even now having to be like, no, I, I really scaled back and I'm really just focusing on one area right now. It shouldn't be embarrassing and it's really not embarrassing. It's just something that I typically wouldn't have talked about. But I think whenever I got the opportunity to talk about it on the podcast, I just knew that there's so many other people who are going through it. And whenever you talk these things out, it could kind of sound a little bit like you you don't want to sound like you don't care about a ministry once you're finished with it because you really do. And there's still a passion there um, for it to flourish. I think I'm just trying to land on that. It's something I typically wouldn't have spoken about because it's kind of hard to explain, but I think so many people could benefit from it. No, absolutely. And I mean, speaking of serving, you know, right now, what what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, with all of this going on, it definitely looks a little bit different. And so one, what does that look like for you? And is there ways that you would encourage other people to serve during this time? Yeah. Um, serving for me on an everyday scale would be like serving my roommates. I, that's kind of off topic, but serving my roommates, serving my family, just being really intentional with the people that are in my circle. And then I host a micro campus group once a week, every Monday on zoom for it's like 30 minutes and there's no agenda behind it. It's really just, we just want to check in on you and see how you guys are doing a bunch of, uh, I have a lot of young adults, so they're in different States right now. And so it's really cool to see what everyone has going on. And then I have a, a community group, the Bible study I was talking about previously every Saturday. And we do that for about an hour. That to me, I spend the week prepping for it and putting a lot of time in there. And then I make a graphic and I send out a text and check in with my girls. And then while they're studying, then the next week I might be doing one or two more, just getting them prepared. And then I have a small group of friends that meet up that just get that I'm not necessarily leading anything in that we just meet up on like on FaceTime and we just talk about things that are going on in our lives right now and how to pray for each other and things like that. Just an accountability group. That's awesome. It sounds like uh, you are using every opportunity you can to even serve those around you. I mean, it can't be as simple as, you know, what can I do for my roommates today? What can I do for my family? How can I serve my friends? And I think right now, you know, since we're talking about this, it, you know, people might be like, well, you know, this is this is interesting to talk about when, you know, all of those opportunities look a lot different. And maybe I, I don't have as much stuff on my planners, many serving opportunities or areas that I can be involved in. And I think there is an opportunity now to be um, a light and to be that for other people. And it can be as simple as, as how can I help those that are closest to me? And then also, I mean, of course, shameless plug, you're, you're part of a micro campus and some other things that you're doing, um, with the young adult ministry, which, which we absolutely love. And, and there are definitely ways to get plugged in there. I would love to know, like, what practical advice would you give yourself when this lockdown started that you now know? So if you could go back, let's go back even three months ago. Um, what advice would you give yourself that you now know? Um, I would say there's a couple of pieces of advice I give myself. I would tell myself to read more because I've really been getting into reading different things. They're all pretty scripture based, but um, just finding mentorship through books and authors, finding the time while I'm still working to still pour back into myself with reading. Three months ago, I still would have told myself to buckle down in prayer, to set a time, to have some really intentional prayer, 
just a meeting with God at the same time in the same place and really getting that rhythm down before now, because I do love having basically all day to fit in time for Christ and fit in time for prayer life. But it has been a struggle because in the last month I've really been trying to reboot it. So kind of, I feel like starting from scratch. So I think if three months ago I would have started how crazy intentional I could have gotten with prayer now that I have more time. And then, yeah, I'd say three months ago, I still was serving in a couple different areas that I am not currently. And I would have just told myself to lean in on those initial feelings um, whenever I was feeling like it was kind of time to step back versus um, stringing it out. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I think that last one's so good, uh, you know, because a lot of times like we'll, we'll, we'll take things to God or we'll, we'll like ask ourselves some tough questions. And then we're like, should I do this or should I not? And and we think about it, but really like we have that, that whisper from God or that gut feeling or wh- whatever you want to call it, where it's like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I should not be doing this, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, this is where I should be pouring myself into. And it always seems to take a little longer for that to play out until we like really listen. And so what you're saying is just, man, I need to listen to that inner voice or that whisper from God a little bit sooner than I, I typically do. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it interesting how God could give us that whisper once and we want him to give it to us every day for weeks before we actually do it. <laughs> and then we want validation from uh, the people around us. Yeah, every person yeah. we and know. If we don't get it. We're yeah. like, well, is it really from God? Because my mentor doesn't, doesn't totally agree with it. That's so true. That's so good. Yeah, we we want him to like scream it on a megaphone and then, you know, our our friends and mentors to tell us the exact thing and honestly, uh what ends up happening is we probably get more confused when when all that happens cuz then we hear so many you know mixed messages and and voices when he really um, told us, you know, at the very beginning and, and just listening and honing in on that. So I love that. Well, to leave uh, everybody with today, is there a book that you've been reading? I know you mentioned you've been reading a little bit or kind of a tip to help you with prayer that you would love to share with people? Um, I would say I'm currently reading um, The Screwtape Letters by do you know who it's by? What's it called? Uh, I don't. It's, it's like, he's so popular. CJ something maybe. What's it about? Oh, it sounds kind of dark, but it's totally not dark. Um, it is about this. It's about like spiritual warfare. It's by C.S. Lewis. The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's about spiritual warfare. Oh, well, C.S. Lewis, there you go. And it's like, so Screwtape is an uncle. He's like, a demon and he's writing letters to his nephew who's an apprentice demon and basically it's very comical it's not scary or sad but uh basically it just shows different ways that um the other side can kind of manipulate our minds and it's so convicting for me personally and it's something that i know i always steer away from talking about like satan um and i was like i just want to hit that head on and i want to know what scripture says about it so I love that. That's great. Yes. I also just read Accidental Pharisee. That's another one, but that was really good. It sounds like you've got a couple good books there that uh, you could be recommending. So if anyone needs a book recommendation, definitely uh, let Cass know, or of course, a haircut. Um, How can they, how can they contact you for haircuts, Cass? Um, So they could DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is studio417cass. Yeah. I'd say that that's the easiest way. 
I love it. Well, and you're going to laugh at this, Cass, but I literally had the thought uh, earlier today because I saw on TV someone mention this, uh, some like personality on TV, and uh, I had the thought of growing my hair out to a man bun because I feel like it's already so far that I could just go all the way. And you probably don't want to hear that because you want people to cut their hair, Cass, but um, I might I might just let it ride and let it go all the way out to a man, a man bun. I think that you should be able to switch it up. Just see what, if you like it. I love it. Well, if you, if you feel like that's a good idea, I trust your judgment in that area, but we just wanted to uh, say thank you Cass for coming on and uh, giving us a little bit of your time. I know today was uh, really helpful uh, in just getting to hear about your life and some things that you're walking through. And I know you left some great wisdom and recommendations. And so just thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. I loved this. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, thanks for listening in, everybody. And we'll catch you next week with another episode of What is the Point? Thanks. Thanks.